Ben Alpert is a member of the React Core team at Facebook. Ben, welcome to Software Engineering Daily. Thank you. We're doing a week of shows about React on Software Engineering Daily, and one thesis I have is that React has the potential to be as influential on application development as iOS has been. From your position on the inside, on the React core team at Facebook, do you share this view? Um, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's an interesting question. I think that, uh, you know, the creation of iOS and, you know, the new phone paradigm uh, really created a whole bunch of uh, different types of, you know, software than had, had previously existed. These apps are not, not really, like, uh, quite like, like anything that came before. Um, and, uh, you know, I would say that React isn't exactly like that in that we're not really making new types of apps. Um, but what React does is it makes it a lot easier to uh, to build apps, it makes them a lot easier to reason about and and think about, and so what that means is that uh, is that that it's easier to build more complex apps uh, that work really well and don't have bugs, and it, it's it's also easier for uh, people who don't have a lot of experience to get up and running and start making their own apps. Uh, so I think what we'll see is uh, is over time um, we'll see people who. Uh, don't really have programming experience, or they they only ha- have a little bit. They've just dabbled in it, making uh, making s- serious apps that uh, that that either are just for for themselves, and you know they want some sort of uh, reminders app, and they want it to behave in a very specific way, just for their own personal workflow, and and they they can build that. Or you know you'll also see people uh, who previously wouldn't have thought of building apps getting into uh, the app building uh, mar- market, if you will. And I'm very curious about how the team dynamics and the software development culture has evolved on the React team, because uh, I think of Facebook as this very bleeding-edge company in terms of development, um, and it seems like you guys do a lot of things that are maybe fringe or, you know, can't be done at other companies perhaps because the engineering quality is is not high enough at other places. How does being on the React team uh, compare to, to, uh, you know, the more general types of application development and software engineering management styles that you've seen? Um, Yeah, so I don't think that... uh you know, in, in some sense, I don't think that, that it's that different. You're just still trying to build uh, the best product for your users. And in, in our case, the product is, you know, a, a JavaScript library, uh, and our, our users are, are other developers who are trying to build their products. Uh, but, but other than that, I don't think it's actually that different. I think that, you know, if uh, some... You know, you, you, you could have some startup that, that's only a few people build React just as well, um, but you know it, it's probably going to be hard to uh, to for them to get funding because how, how are you going to monetize it and that sort of thing. But uh, but at Facebook, you know, we're trying to build the the best developer experience that we can, so that it's really easy to to build these programs and. Um, you know that that that's easy to justify when you have hundreds of of developers building these products. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, like, like I don't think the people are really different from uh, from from anything else. But... Does the social nature of the product that you're building 
well, Facebook as a whole, does does that make the development more social, or does it does it change the dynamic at all? Um, not not too much, I think. You know, Facebook's obviously known the most for you know Facebook.com and the the Facebook mobile apps, but uh, there, there's actually a, a, a ton of di- different projects here that that are are using using React and and related projects. So. Um, you know, they're they they're, they're not all uh, built with, with with a social component, but uh, but of course, many of them are. I want to get an idea for how Facebook sees optimal web development or some picture of web development. So I, I'd like to talk about how best practices have come to light using React and GraphQL and Relay and Flux architecture and all these other things, these inventions and paradigms that have come out of Facebook. Um, Because I've seen these things individually, but I'd really like to understand how they fit together and map out a future of engineering. Yeah, so I think that, uh, you know, we're we're just trying to figure out... uh, What's the the simplest way to build applications, and, and what that means is, uh, you know, in most cases, uh, going going uh, higher and bu- building abstractions on top of what people are used to using. I mean, uh, you know, when when the language C was was created, you know, you you had people saying, "Oh, I don't want to use C because uh, because I don't know what assembly it's going to compile into, and it's going to be slower than the assembly I would have written myself, and all these these sorts of things." and um, you know, now basically nobody writes pure assembly anymore, and and everybody writes in C or or usually uh, a higher level language than that. And I think you'll you'll see the the same thing with React and Relay and and these sorts of projects is that uh, you know they uh, they they try to abstract away these details that. Uh, you you don't really need to think about when you're 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 using them, and what that'll mean is that yes, in a few cases you have a little bit less control, uh, but but on the whole, uh, it'll just be be less work, and your your programs will work just as well as they would have, and, and they'll actually work better because uh, because in, instead of uh, spending your time uh, trying to to figure out. Uh, which, which line of assembly you, you you made a typo on? You can just be uh, be actually building products. Okay, so let's talk about some of these specific products. What is Relay? Yeah, so Relay is uh, a framework we've uh, just just released. We we released a, a technical preview a couple months ago, and then uh, the sort of first uh, you know f- first real version, uh, if you will, uh, was released on. Uh, Monday, just a, j- just a couple of days ago, um, and uh, what it is is it's a way to um, to write exactly what data your individual components need, and to uh, to make sure that they all have uh, the, the data they need with, with, without uh, having to uh, centralize all of this logic uh, and split it across. Many files, and so uh, you know. One, one, one example is you know if you're like say you're um, you're on like you're you're building Facebook, and then for you know you 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 want to try a test where uh, where under each 
comment, you say how many friends the person who commented has, or, or, or something like that. I mean, tra traditionally, you, you would need to uh, make changes to uh, the server that's that's giving you that data so that it can uh, send down that, that number, and then you, you need to uh, make changes to obviously the component that actually shows that data, but but oftentimes also a bunch of components in the middle. You'll also need to change so that they can pass down the data. And so what Relay really does is um, it's a way to kind of centralize that logic. So the only thing you need to change is the one component that you're changing. And so you can just say, oh, I want to also get the friend count for for the, this user that that's the author of the post, and of course, you know the the server needs to understand how to support that, and so that's where GraphQL comes in. Uh, GraphQL is, uh, you know, it stands for Graph Query Language. It's it's really this uh, protocol that has been de developed here for uh, clients uh, communicating with the server about exactly which data they want to fetch, and uh, so. This is done in a way that uh, the server can expose, you know, thirty fields and say, like, oh, you know, the user has a name and an address and a phone number and a number of friends and uh, and all of these things. Uh, and most of the time, the client won't want all of that data. But uh, what you can do is, when you're making the request, you can say exactly which fields you want. And the most important thing about GraphQL is that it actually lets you also traverse across uh, relationships to other objects um, in you know what we sort of think of as the the graph of, of objects. Although you, you don't need to store your data in a graph database or anything like that, but you know that means that you can say, oh, I want to get this user's friends, and for each friend, I want to get the friend's name and relationship status. So, so what, what this does is, you know, you, you actually just have this one endpoint that the server serves, um, and, and when, when, whenever the client makes a request, it goes to, to this single endpoint, but then the client can say exactly what data it wants to fetch, and then, uh, and then it, it will get that back from the server. And so, uh, so then when, when you're adding a piece of data to a particular client or to, to, a, to a new view in that client, uh, you you won't need to make any changes to the server as long as uh, you know something else has you know once asked for that same piece of information you, you you've built out that that support in the server but you you don't need to make a change every time you you want to uh, add something. If I'm building a web app just in regular React, at what mm -hmm. point do I need to start considering? fixing or fitting in relay and graphql and how much uh burden is there in terms of uh of integrating with those other technologies right yeah so that that that's a good question i mean it um th this is something i don't think we have a a, a great answer to there there's no just like you know flow chart that's like should i use relay for this project <laughs> or should 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 i use it right now i mean um it's true that when you adopt Relay, your your server needs to to understand GraphQL, and that 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 actually isn't as big a change as a lot of people initially think when they they hear about it. You know, it's more like you're just adding a new API endpoint to your application, but this is a layer on top of all of the business logic that you already have, and on top of the database. So you don't need to to actually change anything about how your data is stored or anything like that. Uh, it, it just exposes it in a slightly di di different way. Uh, you know, some people think of GraphQL as so, sort of a, a REST competitor. 
Um, so instead of making these REST endpoints, you just make the, this one GraphQL endpoint. But it, it's still just a, a thin layer on top of your application code. But you know, you're, you're absolutely right that, uh, that it is uh, more, more changes that you need to make. And you, you need to make the, this, uh, uh, this, this, tr- this trade-off of you know, do you want to put up the, the upfront work in order to uh, be able to, to use Relay. And I think um, that uh, for, for most apps, the, the answer is actually just going to be yes. Um, I, I think that Relay gives uh, such huge advantages in uh, speeding up your application development. I mean, everybody I've talked to um, really likes it um, and really enjoys developing with it because it, it lets you, you move a lot faster. Um, and, you know, for, for as long as React's been out, uh, you know, Re- React solves this uh, view management piece of your applications where you just say what you want it to look like um, and then you don't need to think about what, what, uh, what specific updates need to be applied to make it look like that. React takes care of that for you. Uh, but then pe- people would say, well, React is great, but... Uh, I'm still doing all of this manual management of my data. I need to figure out when to fetch it from the server. I need to store it locally, and then I need to make sure that uh, when I like ask the server to change something, then I also update my local cache of it, and uh, and, and all of these things uh, that uh, were really you know s- similar to basically the manual work you were doing when uh, when manipulating the DOM or manipulating uh, these these views manually. Uh, you're, you're having to do with your data, and so we, we sort of think of Relay as the React of data fetching, um, in that it, it tries to make it so you you don't have to, to think about a lot of these things. And so the the upfront cost right now is is significant, uh, but I, I think we'll we'll always be looking for ways that we we can can reduce this so that um, so, so somebody who's just starting a new project can just start and get 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 up and running with, with relay in, in in a few minutes or, or, or half an hour is there any roadmap to a ruby on rails type of uh, development experience around react because you see all these compo- you know these, these different things react and graphql and relay and flux architecture that kind of guides users towards something um is there a framework coming um, yeah, I, I I think that um, this is something that will happen more and more over time. I don't know if you'll you'll ever see you know exactly one complete package that uh, is just you know one command where you can just say like Rails new and Rails uh, Rails start and Rails you know generate scaffold. But um, but you know we we do design all of these projects to work t- together really well. And you know actually at Facebook uh, our 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 ver- version of Relay includes its own version of, uh, of routing so that you know, when, when you cl- click on links, it, it doesn't need to reload the page and it can just o- open the, the new view corresponding to the, the URL for whatever route you clicked. But when we, we were lo- looking at, at open source and Relay, we, we lo- looked at what's out there. And of course, you, know, you have these projects like, uh, like React Router, uh, which is, is not a Facebook product, but, but it does basically the same thing. And so instead, we just sat down and said, well, why, why don't we just make Relay work with React Router instead? And so that, that's what we, we did. And, um, and so you know, we, we have all of these, these separate projects, but they, they all work t- together Really well, and we'll we'll try to 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 flesh out that story and make make that that clear. I think that uh, 
you know, we, we need to, to rewrite the, the tutorial on the website now. It's, it's getting a little outdated. But well, well the, we, loose, the loose coupling is, is really admirable in the sense that it's, uh, it's kind of like humble. You know, and it's not like trying to boil the ocean or say, you have to do things this way. It's like, here's some stuff, and you can play with it, and you can do what you want with it. And if you want to build higher level stuff on top of it, go right ahead. But it is at this very comfortable level of abstraction that uh, seems very uh, purposeful. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that that's definitely true. I mean, uh, at, at Facebook, we, we don't really have, uh, you know, we, we, we never say, like, here's the new framework. It's called React, and you have to use it for all the code that you're writing from now on. Go. Um, you know, instead... Uh, we just say, hey, we built this new framework. Um, it has, you know, the, these advantages, or at least we, we, we think it has the, these advantages. And, you know, we're, we're interested in finding somebody who, who wants to try it. And, you know, we, we actually try, have to, to convince people that, uh, that it's good and that they, they should, should use it. And um, so that, that's one, one reason that we actually end up focusing a lot on the developer experience is because that's how, how you get developers to, to use your, your, uh, your libraries if it's a lot easier than the existing stuff that they've been using. And so uh, we, we, we really try to build out these products so that you can, you can adopt them, them incrementally um, without having to just sell somebody and you know, say, oh, well, yeah, we have like, all these things that work together. We have React and we have Relay and you have this router and you know who, who knows what else goes to, to, together in that. And trying to convince them that they have to rewrite their whole app is a much, much harder proposition. Um, the one, so, one contrast so, with this that I've seen is Meteor. Have you looked at Meteor much? I've lo- looked at it a little bit, not, not in detail. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't know. Meteor is interesting because it's, it's it, my understanding is it does a lot of things in a sort of React way or stuff that is in accordance with the React paradigm or the Flux architecture paradigm or uh, whatever you're supposed to think about. But it does actually uh, have more of that uh, end-to-end, you know, Meteor new feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you, you, you can obviously go, go either way. I think the, the incremental adoption story is really important to all of us. And that, that's actually, you know, I think that was necessary to it being adopted at Facebook. And also, uh, you know, if you, you look around at the, these other big companies that, that are adopting React, uh, like Netflix and Airbnb, and, uh, you know, there, there, there's, a, there's a, a ton of them. But I don't think, I don't think most of them would, would have ever considered React if they had to rewrite their whole application in order to start using it. I mean, that, that's just a total non-starter. And so sure. what React allows you to do very intentionally is just convert, you know, a very small piece of your app and you, you can just use React. And then, you know, now that Relay's out, if you want, you can use React and Relay, but still only on that small piece. And, uh, and, and if you like it, then you, you can build that out into more and more of your app and, and maybe eventually the, the entire application. But uh, we, we do always want to keep these pieces really small and decoupled so that you can continue to do that sort of how, thing. How have, how have uh, Netflix and Airbnb, or I don't know to what degree you've seen their code or what they're doing, but I, I'd love to hear anything you know about how they're adopting React and the other Facebook technologies uh, and if it contrasts or surprises you in any ways 
uh, perhaps being different than Facebook? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I haven't see, seen any of their code. Um, I, I guess I, I've heard the, the, the most about Netflix, so I can talk, talk a little bit about that. I mean, they ju just, uh, just a, a few weeks ago uh, rolled out a complete redesign of their website, which is basically 100% written in React. And I guess that this is actually after they, they've been, been using React on, uh, on a few, few other things for, uh, for, met, for many months now. And uh, one, one of the, the lead guys there, Jafar, uh, talked at the uh, React conference we had at Facebook back in, in February uh, about what they're doing. And what, what they, they actually did is they, they took React and adopted it to run on TVs um, because that, that's a huge part of what they're, they're developing for. And so, you know, we, we originally developed React for the web uh, and, and then, you know, we, we all supported it to, to iOS and, and Android in, in, in React Native. Um, but what, what they did is they, they took a, a similar approach and, and, f and figured out how to, uh, to adapt Relay to their very specific uh, UI framework for building apps for TVs. Um, and th this is super cool, and I guess they, they've been wor working on this for a while now, but um, that wor worked really well for them, and now, now I think they're, they're, they're using it across their whole website. Um, now, they're not using Relay. I mean, partly because we, we, we just open sourced it, but they, they, they actually have their, their own uh, d data fetching system, which is, is similar in a lot of ways. Um, and is it Falcor? Called, yeah, F Falcor. Um, and what that, that does is it, uh, you know, it takes a, a slightly di different approach. In, in Relay, with, with each component, you need to define uh, exactly which data your components want to fetch up front. And then uh, what Relay does is it actually looks through the entire component tree and figures out uh, what data every single component needs and then sends that all as one request to the server. What, what Falcor does is it actually makes uh, the programming model a little easier than that. And, it, and what it does is it makes it so that, you know, in your, uh, you know, in your, your render function, you can just... Uh, you can just ask for for pieces of the the data as if uh, you had the entire uh, database locally, and uh, what what it will do is it'll just give you some placeholder at first, but then uh, since you try to access it, it, it will then go to the server and try to fetch that, and then uh, bring it back to you uh, sort of transparently. And um, you know that this has some advantages and some. Disadvantages. Obviously, the programming model is a little nicer. Um, it does mean uh, some other things, like you actually have more uh, round trips to go to to the server, um, and uh, and it can also be be a little bit harder to reason about uh, because uh, you're you're not always sure exactly which uh, which uh, pieces of data you have fetched locally. Um, because you know it could have fetched one one piece and not the other piece you, and you need to figure out what you should display if that, that's the case. Um, whereas with Relay, you always have the data up front. But, but actually, I think the, these trade-offs are perfect for Netflix because, you know, in terms of the extra round trips to the server, you know, when, when we talk to them, uh, you know, it, it's clear that they're, they're not actually really concerned about uh, high latency, low bandwidth connections because 
because if you have a, a slow internet connection, then you're, you're not going to be watching Netflix videos anyway. Mm. Um, and so that that's just not a use case that they ha- they have to optimize for. Whereas at Facebook, you know, we, we, we try to, to optimize for, uh, you know, phones with very low bandwidth and, and try, try to to optimize for that use case. And so there, there's slightly di- different trade-offs there. And then, uh, and, and then also in, in terms of the data, you know, sometimes being available and not being available, uh, this is actually something that uh, Netflix engineers are very used to because uh, for basically all of the code they, they use, they use uh, a framework called Rx, uh, which is uh, called reactive programming. It's actually not really related to React, uh, d- d- despite the, the name similarity. And what that does is it is basically a framework for dealing with asynchronous data and uh, and transforming it and uh, and mapping it and uh, so that you can do something like say oh here are these uh, like a hundred requests I want to send to the server I want to send them uh, five at a time and then you know retry if if any of them drops out and that 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 sort of logic is really easy to express in just a few lines with RX and so. They write almost all of their uh, server code and and I think client code u- using the, this uh, sort of mental model, and so for them they're they're just absolutely used to uh, dealing with it, this sort of thing. And Falcor fits really cleanly into their model of how how they they think about asynchronous programming in general. So I I think it's a it's a great choice for them. So speaking of porting to other devices like TVs. Let's talk about React Native in more detail. React Native allows users to build native apps using React. And if a developer writes a React web app, I'm curious about the process of porting it to iOS and Android. What is that process like? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, right now, um, to, 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 to be honest, it's not... You know, we're we're not at the point yet where you can share uh, share a lot of your view code and and the actual code that you wrote for React. Um, and right now, the, the the biggest advantages come from the shared programming model. In that, you know, you 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 have to re- rewrite your code when you're you're porting to 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 be a a, a native app. But um, but in, in some sense, all of the the learning you, you only have to do once, and so you know you still have the same component model, you still have the same lifecycle methods, and, and and everything behaves almost exactly the same as it does on the web, um, and so that that that's huge because you know pre- pre- previously you know people have to spend months get getting up to speed on on iOS uh, just to be productive, and then you know they they would also need to spend months uh, getting up to speed on Android in order to. To be pr- productive, and so that that's why you, you you don't actually see people who often do both iOS and Android is just because there, there's a, a lot to learn for both of them, and uh, it, it's just more work if you want to be, be an expert in both of them. Uh, so what what we're trying to do is make it so that you, you only need to really learn one one paradigm, and so the you know your, your code will be slightly di- di- different from the web in that instead of divs and spans you, you know we have a component called view and one called text and uh, but it's very very similar type of code and so that 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 allows you to to easily bring your knowledge over so does it have does react native have users or developers i should say 
presenting their apps in a DOM format? Like, is there a virtual DOM in React Native? Uh, yeah, so, uh, so so it actually works very similarly to how it does on the web. I mean, on the web, we have this uh, virtual DOM, that, which is just this uh, lightweight copy of what we uh, think the DOM should look like. Um, and then we, we have the old version and the new version. We can sort of diff them and figure out what operations we need to do in order to uh, change the actual browser DOM. And on, on, on React Native, it, it works actually almost exactly the same way. We, we use the same, uh, the same diff encode uh, in the, the, the JavaScript engine that we run. And then what we do is once we've found the, the differences that says, you know, create this view or change the text of this view to this or change the color of this other view to that, uh, or, or move, move the, this view around. You know, we, we just have the, this li list of instructions for, for what changes we want to make, and then we actually send those over to the, the native code and execute those operations on the native views. And so uh, uh, on iOS, we're using the real um, views provided by, by UIKit, and, and, and similarly on Android, we're, we're using the, the real native views. But si since those... Uh, view systems uh, are, are somewhat like the DOM in that they expose sort of this imperative API where you need to create them and destroy them and manage the lifecycle. Um, the, the, the implementation of React Native ends up being very similar to uh, React in that sense. But then is, we, there, is there any significant latency in converting the DOM model or the JavaScript uh, model? I'm not sure, not sure exactly what the the model is, but you have to convert some model into native code. Um, mm -hmm. So, so is there significant latency there? Uh, not, not really. I mean, uh, th th this sort of goes back to how I was talking about, you know, C ver versus assembly earlier. I mean, the right. the work of 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 diffing the the two DOMs and 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 sending it over. Um, is always going to be slower than uh, than if you were to go and modify exactly the views that need changes, and if you you just knew that up front. Um, but uh, you know, in in most code, it's a huge pain to to try to keep track of all of that. And so, so if you use React, then you know your code will yes, it'll be a little bit slower, um, but it, it means that you need to uh, think about a lot less and keep track of a lot less when you're actually programming it. And and and, and if you actually do run, run into performance problems, which is certainly possible, and we, we haven't optimized it as as well as uh, we we can yet, and we're, we're always working on that. But 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 if you you run into performance problems, then we we do get, give you a way to sort sort of drop down and send direct c c commands to the the native views. Um, oh wow! So, and and bypass the the React uh, diffing algorithm. Is there any interesting threading model between the native, uh, between the conversion of the uh, the the DOM type of model to the to the native model? Um, so I guess that what we're we're doing with threading is on uh, on React Native we um, we run the all of the JavaScript in in one thread, and so so that includes all of your app code, and uh, and and also mo most of the the actual React JavaScript code that runs on one thread. And then we have a second thread for um, doing the layout computation, which we we use uh, we, we we do based on uh, the CSS Flexbox spec, um, and then. 
uh, once that's done, it actually gets sent over to a third thread, which is actually the, the main thread, um, which, uh, which all of the actual views are controlled from. And so th th this actually gives a, a significant win because um, on uh, most iOS apps, uh, it, it's really easy to fall into the trap of doing all of your work on the main thread. Uh, but what, what that means is that, that if you have you know, some, some computation that ru runs a little bit longer, then uh, your, your app will, will lock up and be, be unresponsive for that time. Um, whereas, uh, wh well, wh wh which is why you know, you've seen these frameworks like actually Facebook released a framework a couple of years ago called uh, called async display kit which tries to make it easier to uh, move your work onto a separate thread and keep the, the main thread re really uh, smooth but uh, you know in, in some sense you get a lot of this for free using react native and we're, we're, we're going to try to keep uh, fit, fit figuring out ways to uh, to let let you make your your apps uh, smoother there are certain ways in which a native interface is fundamentally different from a web interface, like uh, touch events um, mm -hmm. or other native-based uh, things. Are there any frictions here in, uh, in, in, in dealing with those differences? Um, yeah, I mean, that, 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 that's a, a great question. I mean, we have uh, right now the event system that... Uh, that React Native exposes is uh, pretty similar to uh, the events that you, you would get on the web, and that, that, that actually works great for a lot of cases. Um, but then there, there are a, a few cases where, where that breaks down. I mean, iOS has this really great uh, gesture recognition system, and what that means is you, know, you, you can add uh, what they call a gesture recognizer to a view, and so like they have one for a single tap on a view. And so you can add the tap gesture recognizer to a view. And, and if you want, you might also add a double tap gesture recognizer to the same view. And uh, what's really great about the iOS system is that those gesture recognizers will actually coordinate and talk to each other. Um, and uh, so that means that, that if you, you know, press your finger down and, and lift up, which would ordinarily be a tap, it'll actually wait uh, you know, a half second or so to make sure that you're not actually going to double tap uh, before firing off that tap gesture recognizer mm. uh, and, and ca calling the action for that. Uh, wh wh whereas it, it, if you don't have the double tap gesture recognizer added, then it'll uh, fire it immediately uh, because it knows it doesn't need to wait for anything. And right now, you know, we, we, we don't have a system like this bit built into to React Native. And so, so if you want that, that sort of logic, you, you'd actually need to, to build it yourself. Uh, but, you know, th th this is... Absolutely, a huge uh, area where na native apps uh, do work better than than web apps is in, in the the gesture support, and so we're 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 thinking about this a lot and want to uh, build out a, a really solid gesture system that, it, that 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 integrates with the React component model and it makes it, it really easy to build these things. And then uh, what we can do is actually once we've built that, uh, our our hope is that we can bring that back over to the web and let you build uh, web apps that have s similar uh, g gestures to, to native apps. And I, we, we actually think that this will make uh, web apps feel a lot better and feel much closer to native apps. If you were going to build a React operating system that was not based on iOS nor Android, 
Um, I mean, iOS and Android are getting pretty old. Uh, I think there's a hunger for like a third player in this market. I, I mean, I, I'm sure you must be learning about all these uh, things, just this cruft that iOS or Android has developed. Um, what would you do differently? How would you build a React operating system? That's a good question. I mean, so so a lot of what what an operating system does is not you know related to views or anything like that, and it's just you know the 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 underpinnings of of iOS and Android are both ba- based on on U- on Unix or Linux, and you know I I, I don't think there, there's a huge uh, reason that we we would de- deviate from that. Uh, but you know you're you're right that there are uh, some areas where uh, both on, on iOS and Android, especially if you're using it with a system like React Native, uh, there there is wasted work going on in the the system that we're we're not taking advantage of where. You know, we have our own event handling, say, but then the the native code is also uh, do, doing its own event handling, and may, maybe that that doesn't need to, ha- to happen at all, or uh, it, it's doing the, this bookkeeping uh, that doesn't re- really need to happen. And what what what's actually interesting is that if you uh, step back several layers and just look at uh, at OpenGL, uh, then that doesn't actually have this model of you know create this. Uh, rectangle and you know keep a reference to it and then d- destroy it later. It, and what you have there is actually uh, much more similar to the React model, where uh, you know what we call call Im- uh, call immediate mode uh, re- rendering, where uh, just on whenever you, you render, you say exactly what you want to be displayed. Um, and so, so what what you sort of have is you have the, this GL rendering, which is uh, which is which is immediate mode, and then on top of that, you have this view system, which uh, adds this imperative layer and uh, the all the, these object-oriented instances. And then on top of that, right now we have uh, React Native, which talks to that imperative layer. Uh, but but it, it's you know it's possible that by get, getting rid of that that layer, we we don't actually uh, boost that much. I mean, we, we we won't actually have to do that much work. Uh, extra that we, we wouldn't need to do, um, but uh, we'll we'll be able to avoid the need for for that layer entirely, which, which might uh, be be a, be a significant uh, win for especially for performance. It's really interesting. You worked on the React developer tools. What are the React developer tools? Yeah, so. Uh, you know, in basically all browsers t- today, you, you can right-click any uh, part of the page and say "inspect element," and that that opens the sort of the, the elements inspector where you see all the tags. You know, you see the body and the divs and the spans and the inputs and and all those things, and you you, you can see exactly which attributes they have, um, and uh, you know what what styles are being applied, and uh, which works great for. Uh, for a lot of web development, it's absolutely invaluable um, and makes it way easier to develop um, develop apps that, that, than it was before those were created. But uh, what we, we actually wanted was to extend that basically uh, so that that, that it, in addition to the low-level primitives, you, you, you can actually see uh, your components and the component tree. So you can see, oh, here I have my, you know, uh, newsfeed component, and then inside newsfeed, there's the you know newsfeed story component, and you can see exactly 
which props were passed into that component and, and, and then the, the children that, that it rendered. And so our hope is that uh, with the, these with the, these developer tools, it makes it a lot easier to uh, to debug your, your code when, when something's going wrong because you can just look at the, the components and see exactly uh, which parameters are going in and, and what's co coming out. And so you, you can look, look at that and, and, and figure out which component is misbehaving and then uh, just jump right to the source of that component to fix it. I'd really like to know more about the experience of writing a browser extension. What, what do you need to know? What languages and concepts do you need to know to build this browser extension that is capable of inspecting the elements on a web page? Mm -hmm. So, uh, so actually, well, so, so so I didn't write most of the dev tools. Uh, we we actually had this uh, this great great intern this summer, Jared Forsyth, who uh, basically uh, spent his summer uh, re rewriting the the dev tools. He made them much better than the old version. He he did a great job. But um, the the way it works is actually um, we developed it almost entirely. Uh, standalone, so it, it doesn't rely on any of the Chrome extension APIs or the Firefox extension APIs. And uh, what we do is, you know, we, we actually have it set up so that uh, it can just run in uh, an iframe, and so uh, it's entirely web-based. Actually, it's it's all written in JavaScript. And what what it does is, we actually run uh, what we call the inspector agent in the uh, web page that's being inspected, and what that does is it, uh, it 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 hooks into React so that it can get get notified whenever React uh, creates a new component or destroys a component or, or updates one, um, and, and then it it actually just uh, sends that that information over to the uh, the inspector frame, uh, uh, which then ke keeps track of what the component tree looks like, and then uh, the component tree that you see rendered in the uh, in the extension is actually just a, a React component. It, it, it's all written in React, um, and you know we we just just re re render that tree with with all of the the component data that we've gotten from the page. And the developer tools are currently supported by Firefox and Chrome. Um, but there's a standalone app coming soon. What what do you mean? Well, uh, what is meant by the standalone app? Is this like an IDE? Um, it's not exactly an IDE. Um, it's just uh, really a way to um, to run the the dev tool sort sort of without a browser instance. This actually is not really useful if you're developing React for the web because you know you, you have your browser open already and you, you're you're using your browser but uh, for 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 React Native uh, especially if you're running the app on your phone or, or, or in the, the simulator on your computer then you know, you you we, we don't want want to force you to, to, to open a browser in order to um, to inspect that, and so we, we think by, by ma making a standalone app, it's possible we'll, we'll ha have a little more more flexibility there. Um, but uh, it, it's not a full blown IDE. Although you know, Facebook does have an IDE that we've been been developing. It's called uh, Nuclide, and uh, that it's designed to work well with with React Native. And we don't. Uh, Yet have support for the the React Dev tools inside of, of Nuclide, but I think it's it's definitely something that you'll you'll see sometime soon. 
Okay, fascinating. Um, so, uh, as I've been doing research for this week, I've come across some debates uh, around web development, um, which I guess is not hard to do. There's always debates around web development. But there's an ongoing debate about Google's push towards web components. I guess there's some other people pushing towards web components too, but it's kind of this thing that's led by Google. Um, could you define web components and tell me what you think of them? Yeah, so so web components are um, a new uh, proposed standard, uh, or, or maybe, maybe it was actually uh, standardized. It might be, be a standard now, but um, what, what it does is it uh, lets you define uh, basically new HTML tags uh, that behave exactly how you want them to behave. And so uh, one great example of this is actually the video tag in most browsers. Um, you know, it obviously shows a video, but then, uh, but then also when, when you ho- hover over it, it shows the, the different controls. You have a play button and a scrubber and oftentimes a volume control. And in most browsers, though, those are actually implemented in HTML and JavaScript. And, but when you're using a video tag, you don't actually have access to the internals of the, the video tag. And so like, you, you can't style that play button with your own CSS because it's encapsulated inside the, the, this, this video tag. And so what web, web Components allows you to do is it allows you to, uh, to build your own tags very much like the, the video tag where you, you can build uh, you know, a date picker or a color picker or, you know, basically whatever you want, and then it will just be exposed as another tag that you, you, you can just use. It, you know, goes into the DOM. It looks just like any other tag. You can use jQuery um, with a... You, 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 you can even uh, render it using React just like any other HTML tag. Um, but uh, the thing that is not so great about web components is that the programming model for actually building them is not that great. It's, uh, you know, it's very uh, similar to how uh, you would build code without React. It's very, very imperative. You you need to do a lot of bookkeeping yourself. Um, And it's uh, very difficult to actually build up uh, large hierarchies of these components and pass around uh, structured data um, with, uh, w- without serializing to, to strings in the middle because actually the uh, boundary uh, between web components you can only pass uh, strings through, uh, whereas you know, mo- most of the data structures in your application are probably not plain strings, and so uh, it, it makes it a pain to p- pass d- data uh, through the, the, these different levels of components. Are web components mutually exclusive with React? Uh, no, they're, they're not. Um, and so, you know, let, let, like I, I mentioned, uh, you, you can use a, a web component inside of a, a React component, um, and uh, we, we also want to make it possible to uh, use React to build web components um, and I'm, I, I don't recall if we're, we're exactly there uh, yet, but, um, but uh, we, 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 we don't actually uh, see a huge advantage in doing this because um, 
you know, you you can build each, you can wrap each React component in a, a, a web component, um, but then that just basically produces extra extra overhead if you're going to be using them all together using React anyway, because you know you need to convert things to strings and backwards, and you sort of have the, this global namespace, which is a little bit uh, a little little bit annoying to deal with if you're you're used to. You know, having JavaScript module systems where where, where everything is nicely scoped, um, sure. and so uh, so you know, web, web components are can be useful as the boundary, but between uh, between different frameworks, I think. Like if you want to make you know a a great date picker control and, and open source it so that, that that anybody can can use it. I, I mean, that's what. Web components were really designed for, I think, and uh, they they do work well for that purpose, or they they can. Um, but web components don't actually really help you, um, you know, structure large applications and and build up the, these large component hierarchies and co- compose uh, the, these independent components together in a way that is really easy to do and, and easy to reason about. And so we're we're actually not using web components at all here at Facebook. Interesting. Um, so Facebook, as I understand it, migrated the entirety of newsfeed to React. Is that correct? Uh, that's not quite correct. Um, what we do have is uh, the when, when you're, you're you're looking at your your homepage, uh, then under each story, um, you know you have these buttons like comment and share, and then uh, the you have a list of, of co- comments underneath that. And so that is actually um, all built in React, the likes, comments, and shares interface. Um, but, uh, and that, 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 that was actually what, what one of the very first projects to use React at Facebook back when, uh, back but, but before it w- was open source and before it was uh, really uh, um, as stable as it is now. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's not true. Well, but now that it is stable, um, is there any sort of edict to to update uh, across the company to getting just React everywhere? Like this is, you know, I've heard you hear the term brownfield application development, where you have, uh, you know, an application that's already written and you want to update uh, parts of it to to have uh, something very specifically different. So, uh, is 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 there anything? Is there any edict like that for React? No, I mean, you know, we that that's just not how we operate as a company. We we don't say, oh, we you know, <laughs> you, you need to rewrite everything on the Facebook site in, in React now, and that that's like the thing to use. Basically, uh, the individual product teams use what whatever is most valuable to them, and so uh, what what you'll see is actually um, that certain things uh, on the Facebook site lend themselves really well to React because they're, they're su- super interactive. I mean. E- even just the likes and comments interface, um, you know, you might not think that that's super interactive, but you know, you, you have to type into the, you know, when, when you're you're writing a comment, you type into this text box. If you uh, you, you can mention somebody else, and that'll link to their profile. Uh, you, you can type, you know, smiley faces, and those t- turn into smiley faces. And then, uh, you know, it, it also does live updating with data it gets from the server, and so. Uh, so, so it's a little more complex than it might appear, but then we're we're also using uh, React for things that are very obviously, uh, very obviously in, 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 interactive, like the 
the chat windows on the site are all bit built in React, and the the notifications panel, and, uh, so some th things like that. And th those teams have chosen to use React because it it helps them build their their product better. Um, uh, and so actually, uh, when when you 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 look at the Facebook homepage. That's actually one of the places where you see React the least, um, just because um, we, we we try to, you know, we're very sensitive to, to any changes in, in the homepage, and um, you know, it, it, if something is a few percent slower, then that that'll actually just mean that fewer people use Facebook uh, and and that, and that sort of thing. And so we're super sensitive to those sor sorts of changes, and we we, we try to, to test them very extensively to make sure um, that uh, the 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 new ver version is as good go good as the old version. Um, and I I I think we'll probably see that uh, you know we'll c continue to use React more and more over time. We have uh, a couple experiments where we're rewriting uh, what we call the composer at the at the top of. Uh, feed where you, you can uh, just write a, a new status update. We're lo looking at re re redoing that in, in React and have ru ru run a few tests with that. Um, and just more and more over time, you see uh, small pieces c c convert over to React, but um, it, it, it's never because, uh, you know, you, we, we, we never mandate the, the, the use of React, and it's just the individual product teams converting things over because they think that it'll uh, help them build their product better. Awesome. So I, I'd like to begin to close off. Um, what are we going to see in the near future and in the far future uh, for React, and what, what would you like to see? Yeah, I mean... Uh, I, we're, we're we're just really trying to figure out um, how we can uh, stabilize React, I think, and 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 make make it a better better developer experience. I mean, uh, we we just shipped uh, last week a new release candidate for uh, for React, which actually has has about six months of work in it. Um, and you know, what what one of the the big focuses for that release. Um, was just improving the warning messages that we we give to developers when when they're they're doing something that, that might cause problems late, later on. Um, uh, as one example, it used to be that um, if you uh, nest HTML tags in, in an invalid way, um, like it, it, if you actually nest two paragraph tags that that's actually invalid HTML, and the browser when it sees that will move around those tags so that they're siblings instead of uh, 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 a parent and child. And um, what that that does is that that actually confuses React because React looks and it's like, well, I expected to see this paragraph inside the other paragraph, and it's not there, um, and, and it's it gives it this this weird error message and. Uh, so, so, so I ended up adding a new warning so that uh, when you, you try to do that, you get a very clear error from React that says, oh, you can't actually have a P tag as an ancestor of another P tag. And you know, it, it was in this component that you rendered it. And uh, you, you should probably not do that. Um, and uh, you know, we, we, we added a, a few more, more warnings like that that re really just try to help you uh, uh, and not and and prevent you from having errors that can cause you problems later on. Um, and so we're, we're always trying to make improvements like that. Another big focus for us uh, in, in the coming months is just, it, just it, 
improving performance. I mean, it's uh, it's already fast enough for a lot of things. I mean, many many things on the the Facebook website use React, and on on on, on other companies' websites now as well. Uh, we have. Uh, a, a couple apps in the App Store now that that are are mostly are, or or completely built in in, in React Native, but uh, but but at the same time, uh, we we look and, and and recognize that there there are things that we can do to make uh, make React faster, and so uh, we're we're trying to 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 figure out how we can do that, and and really just improve. Uh, the entire experience of building with React. Uh, maybe we, we can do other things like you know bringing a gesture system to the web. Like I, I mentioned already, that that'll make it easier to build uh, really smooth, fluid apps. Um, and then then there, there, there's other things like um, just trying to make it easier again to to manage your your data in React and and make make it possible maybe to uh, save the state of uh, all the components in your React tree, and then uh, when you you later come back to the site, may, may, maybe we can just deserialize that state and and put the page in the exact state that it was when when you left it, um, so that you as an application developer wouldn't need to worry about writing a lot of code if if that's what you want to do. Fascinating, uh, Ben Alpert. Thanks for coming on to Software Engineering Daily. It's been really great talking to you. You've had some super fascinating things about React to say. Thank you. It's great to be here.